Julia Hampton and Julia E. Hampton CPA PC have been your trusted sources for local tax preparation, payroll, and business services for more than 20 years. That's a lot, Jason. That is a lot. You know what you need in 2019? Um, tax strategy. You do, actually, as it turns out. Ding, ding, ding. need a tax strategy heading into 2019. And you know who can help you get just such a tax strategy? Tell me, tell me, tell me. It's Julia Hampton CPA. You should call her today. You should call her today at 816-554-0394. Tell them Jason and Nick sent you. You betcha. Hello again and welcome to Lee Summit Town Hall, a weekly podcast about what you can do to make a difference. I'm Jason Norbury and as always I am joined by a man who just watched a whole entire live game of what they call American football. It's Nick Parker, the publisher of Link to Lee Summit. I think now's when I throw in a Let's Go Chiefs. Let's Go Chiefs. Woo! And that was fun. That was a fun game. A little Monday night win. It's always fun to beat Denver. There was an, a left-handed pass. That's what I saw. That was a, that was the extent of the coverage I got. Is that he's Mahomes a right-handed a guy? He was going to get tackled, switch it to his left hand, and passed. That's crazy that stuff. Is athleticism things that you or I do not have? No, I can't throw a right-handed pass with my right hand either. So right, let, let alone my left hand. Link to Lee Summit. It is the source for all the news you need about this very fine city. And our unofficial sponsor is the beer joke that I want to make, but I'm kind of afraid to make it. It's a good idea. All right. Hold back. We're, we're, we're staying out of the partisan stuff. Ed- editing is important. <laughs> yeah, that's something I'm really good at. So, Jason, you know, we started this a couple weeks ago, but now it's time really for us to delve into the upcoming election. So we're going to... We're gonna take a little time. We're gonna go through over the next couple of weeks the the amendment, the proposed amendments, the propositions that'll be on the ballot. Do we get to talk about weed now? No. Duh. No. 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 Before we get there, though, before we get to the one we are gonna talk about today, I want to remind everybody there are exactly seven days left to register to vote. So if you aren't registered. Do it by October 10th. Actually, even if you think you are registered, it is a good idea to go to the local election board or the Secretary of State's website and double-check your registration to make sure you're registered at the right address and that your registration hasn't, for some reason, fallen off the records or gotten changed in some way um, through no faults of your own. But you want to look just to see, and that gives you that week to get registered if you're not. And if you know you're not registered, change that immediately. Because voting... Is a big deal. And seriously, it's like the only thing we can do to actually make influence most of the time. Well, you know, you open every week, every show by about making a difference. This is the easiest and most proficient thing you can do to make a difference. It's way efficient. It is way, way more effective than, say, starting a podcast and yelling into the internet void on a weekly basis about <laughs> stuff. You can actually make some change if you go vote it. So go go get registered to vote. But yelling into the void makes me feel better. I know. Well, I didn't say we're going to stop yelling into the void. I'm just saying that those of you who are out there have the opportunity to make a difference and maybe feel a little bit morally superior to your local podcast hosts who also are going to go vote. Jason, I am now going to bring up our topic for this week. Is it it's, weed? No. Oh, I, come, oh, wait, hold on. Come on, man. I just want to talk about weed, man. All right, I'm done now. <laughs> <laughs> Proposition B, which talks about raising the minimum wage that I do not pay you. Boy, that is true. You are definitely in violation of this particular proposition. <laughs> right. So... If this passes, penalties to me 
would go up except for the fact that you're not actually an employee. You're just, you know, a friend who I use. I mean, I am a really – I'm an independent contractor with really, really bad negotiating skills. <laughs> True. So proposition B, this is, this is about the minimum wage. So this is to increase the state minimum wage up to $8.60 per hour for next year, for 2019. And then after that, we're going to see 85 cent increases each year up into 2023, which would set it at $12 per hour. And then starting in 2024, there'll be an adjustment on an annual basis for, depending on the consumer price index, cost of living increase, essentially, a couple percent a year will go up from that point forward. Um, so just a little bit of sort of political background on this. The current uh, minimum wage in the state of Missouri, I think, is something along the lines of seven dollars and sixty cents an hour. It's it's under the eight sixty it would be going to if this passes. Um, several years ago, both the city of Kansas City and the city of St. Louis attempted to raise their own minimum wages up to, I believe, at the time it was ten dollars an hour, and their um, the state legislature passed a law that says that local governments cannot increase their minimum wage over the state's minimum wage, um, unless, of course, it's the federal minimum wage to go along with it. So there's been that concept. There's been a lot of talk here locally in the Kansas City area about what they call the fight for 15. So this is a movement that is going on uh, across the country in a lot of different locations about raising the minimum wage to what I think the supporters of this would call a livable wage or a living wage, where you can work a full-time minimum wage job and not be in poverty. That's the basic idea here. Um, the flip side, of course, is that is, as employers have to pay labor more, the cost of things that labor produces will go up, um, and that's something that has to be hashed out. And those are kind of the competing, the competing tensions that we have on that. That never, ever go away. No, it doesn't go away. It doesn't matter what the minimum wage is. Honestly, uh, employers would like to pay you less, and you would like to be paid more. And thus on into the infinite future. And we would all like to pay less for the stuff that we want. You cannot pay me less than you pay me now. So I'm just saying. I could. And I'm saying for the money you pay me, you get great value. That's true. (laughs) That's true. (laughs) Someone else who does my work for me. Um, So those are the big things on that one. I don't think it's a particularly complicated one um, as a whole. Uh, it does. There's a section in there that exempts public employers as defined from this, although I think it would be hard-pressed to find at least any of our local, like a region, our area local governments who would be paying less than that per hour for the work that they do anyway. So I, Because as a matter of sort of principle, the local government is going to have to pay a competitive wage, and if you can work for the city for $8 an hour – or for the McDonald's at $12 an hour, you know, even I can do that math. I'm probably going to go try to make more per hour um, doing that. So I think in the end, the, the, the effect is that the, the governments will have to raise their wages to match. But it's out there as a thing. So if it came to you working for me for nothing or less than nothing because I actually take from you. That's true. I bought the beer today. So this is the <laughs> terrible thing about this. Jason, you think we're done. But we're not. I'm going to throw a curveball at you. Uh, Of course you are. We're going to talk about Amendment 4. Bingo! Bingo was its name, Al. All right. So this, I don't even know what to do with this. This is is probably the one on the ballot that makes the least sort of contextual sense. This is the thing on the ballot that I'm pretty sure 99 point, I'm going to say 7% 
didn't even know about the rules governing bingo in our state. Right. So I guess there are, and and I don't know the laws that well, so we're not going to spend a huge amount of time, but there are laws restricting the type of language and the capacity of bingo games to advertise. And it probably stems back to some church-related function thing way back in the distant past. And there was a court order, a court ruling uh, that said that those laws were unenforceable. And so this proposed constitutional amendment is will align the language restrictions with the available court ruling that we've got. This is what we like to call house cleaning. This is, and this is like the deepest of deep inside baseball. Because literally three-tenths of one percent of the population of this state will even understand or have any inkling of what we're talking about. And neither of your podcast hosts are in that three-tenths of one percent. But it's out there. There's also a, uh, a term going in there that will uh, shorten up the length of the revolving door between people who run bingo games and people who uh, administer the rules for bingo games uh, through the state. So that's a great piece of legislation on top of that, but that's out there as a whole. No, uh, there's no estimated costs for anything going on in Missouri from an, a regulatory or, or income or revenue standpoint. So I, I don't think it's going to have a big impact on us all. But it is on the ballot, and you will have the opportunity to check one side or another. So if you want to dig in and do more research – the word is bingo. You should look it up. <laughs> well, let's shift gears. Come back. Come back from Jefferson City. Back local here to Lee Summit. Um, as you're listening to this now, the changes to our city council schedule will have happened, and this week's city council meeting will have already ended. What we think depends on you know whether it yeah. goes whether it goes the short eight hours or the uh, longer fourteen to fifteen hour meeting, right. and how quickly you get this edited, <laughs> <laughs> right? <laughs> So we will. We're going to be doing some adjusting over the next few weeks about how we how we are best able to 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 keep you, the listeners, appraised, apprised. What's the word I want there, Jason? Eh, one of those. One of those two. Of things going on in at city council and the government processes of how, how things happen and occur in our city. We will we'll try to keep everyone informed of things coming up, but. The Wednesday show will happen after the after the city council meeting, and I want to make sure that we're not too reactive all the time. So we're going to still do that. We're going to start um, honing in on a few issues and topics, Jason, that I think are are or should be at the forefront of of conversation in our city. One of those I'm going to shift now. One of those that has been, and we brought this up last week, conversations about the local R7 school district. We are currently working with the school district to to schedule an interview with Dr. Carpenter and someone from the R7 school board to dig into some of this stuff about the boundary redrawing and the facilities master plan that's going on as well as I think some some general confusion throughout the community about what the district's priority of equity means and what they're doing. So we're going to we're gonna, we're trying to get that scheduled and we'll we'll dig into that some more. Right. And I think in our first sort of wave and in diving into this, we've realized that how little we know about the school board and how it functions and how all that administration goes through. So we're also going to try to line up I think as well some other interviews to kind of go along with that to kind of give a better a little bit better picture of What's, what's going on inside school administration and, and school district administration? Not necessarily just R7, but more of a general look so that you, the listener, and we have a better feel for how the sausage gets made and, and what what thoughts and what have you go into the decisions that are made. And whose roles are, are where and, and, how, and how that works. 
Next up, Jason, we've got an interview, a conversation I had with John Cundiff and Chuck Cooper. They are the president and immediate past president of Velocity Lee Summit. It's a local group that works with entrepreneurs and trying to build up that build up that entrepreneurial community in Lee Summit. Here we are from the Bridge Space Studios. We're going to talk about entrepreneurialism. And here's our interview with Chuck and John. Chuck Cooper, John Cundiff with Velocity Lee Summit. John, thanks for joining today. Uh, thank you. Is that tip? <laughs> you are. Let's yeah, board chair. We'll go with that. We're gonna go with chair. <laughs> and Chuck, do you have an official title as well? I am a director on the board. I'm a past chair. Past chair. Yes. All right. Well, let's start off. I guess from the beginning a little bit. Velocity Lee Summit is relatively new by name. It, it, it started and grew out of what is what was originally the market a use for a particular building. A particular, correct. That's correct. So how, tell us a little bit about how it started. Uh, Bigger picture kind of the thing. The business uh, and community well, leadership kind of spotted this deficiency, if you will, uh, in terms of uh, community support for uh, entrepreneurs, for startups. Uh, and, and, and with that in mind, a task force was formed. So the prior Mayor Rhodes uh, commissioned our task force. And uh, we had 18 to 20 thought leaders, if you will, you know, there's a sheer right, kicking around all the ideas, what could be the, uh, what, what could this look like? So at its genesis, you're right, it did, uh, we had in, in focus in mind this particular building on Market Street. And what the old Parks and Rec building? Yes, Parks the and former Rec. Parks and Rec, Rec building. building. Right, right, And originally right. the fire station. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah so... Yeah. So uh, we kicked around, you know, do, what, what, is the, what does the community need? Are we talking about uh, an incubator, accelerator, or, uh, literally a co-working facility? Is this a, a public thing, a public-private? And uh, with an and ask for some funding, and, and, and they uh, provided us a, 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 a seed funding and move forward. And, uh, and that resources for the, for the entrepreneur and startup. Uh, we, we, we remain somewhat facilities focused and, and, and quickly learned that a lot of, a lot of, uh, our end goals didn't necessarily have to do with, uh, with a physical location first. Uh, maybe ultimately that's what it could, uh, come in terms of fruition. But, uh, so we, we, we pivoted, uh, in 2000, late 2016, early 2017 toward, more uh, events and networking and, and really uh, getting together uh, groups of, of, local, uh, of local entrepreneurs and, and startups and folks in need. We've come to know in that first year and, and, and started uh, a street growth year. And they really, and, and in our mind, helped uh, earn our thousands a little bit as, as the go-to source here in the community. Well, let's, let's, let's start there a little bit. Okay. was kind of what what did you see? What vision kind of came out? What were you trying, and what are you still trying to mm-hmm. to actually build? When you say an entrepreneurial community, what what is that community? What what things? I guess resources are you wanting to provide? Mm-hmm. What types of things things are you wanting to see develop out of this? Came sure. Not about bricks and mortar. You know, when really we start talking about the community, and in today's world, you see LinkedIn as a community, Amazon's a community. Um, you know, Google, there are communities, and we all live them on our phone. And so what entrepreneurs really are looking, and true entrepreneurs that are starting up and really ramping up, they want that community to be able to go to that they can get the peer-to-peer connection. 
and they really can talk to the guy that's done it before or you're fighting the same problem and they want to be able to know I got a place to go to and that's where we started looking at us as an ecosystem as a community that with the right resources of programming uh, mentorship um, <clears throat> you know those types of things and communication now all of a sudden we're entrepreneurs, we're entrepreneur gardeners of the entrepreneurs right here in our city. And so we're taking all our resources and really saying, let's do this by attention, by process, to make sure entrepreneurs are getting well taken care of in our community. Did you notice that there was there were a, a number of newer entrepreneurs in the community? Are you trying to bring more in? Well, that's a really interesting question because, it as is. John said, there's, there's really no industry code for entrepreneurs, so you kind of have to flush them out. So right. part of our uh, of our initial uh, mission was to uh, create create our name itself as a resource. Right. And, and through the programming and through the events, and, and, and as that uh, kind of cross-pollinated and proliferated uh, throughout the community, uh, we, we're now drawing more and more attendees to, to the events. And what's nice is we see a lot of fresh faces. And the interesting thing to kind of uh, tag on to, what, to John's point is we, we typically find that those folks who come to us are, are those folks who have a need. Are not necessarily sharing something as a as a, as an established business owner. They they have a need. Anything from I have an idea. What do I do with it? Or I I definitely have something that I think I can monetize. What kind of business? Uh, uh, how should I form? Maybe they need a little tax or, or legal advice. Or even beyond that, we're established. We we had this nice trajectory. We we grew this. We bootstrapped it on our own. But now we've found some critical mass. How do we scale this thing to a higher level? What what what's it look like? We 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 had this great idea and this product or service or whatever it ends up being. Now all of a sudden I'm this business owner, this business manager, and that in and of itself has its own hurdles that that uh, that present challenges to overcome. And so uh, we we talk a lot about you know business planning, and, and we're providing a lot of uh, uh, metro thought leaders in in, in the sense of. Uh, of what they can do along those lines. Yeah, it's interesting, and, and Chuck and I have commented just about after every event, there's someone new that comes up to us and say, we're so glad you guys are out here. You know, I've been a, I've been a, a serial entrepreneur, and I'm out in the city, and, and I've always had to go on somewhere else, and now I come right here. And it's it's almost every event there's a new person we meet, and, and we're able to make some good connections where we – where we're able to tack them into into the infrastructure of around here as well. Mm -hmm. So absolutely, it's kind of just keeps growing and it keeps getting velocity of entrepreneurship, so to speak. The, the name has a meaning to that. Yeah. yeah. We'll we'll talk a little bit about about this this core group. You guys are 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 on the board for this, and there mm -hmm. are others. This core group that, that you guys are, are, are part of, you are established entrepreneurs yourself. So talk a little bit about what, what you're hoping to provide personally and what kind of drew you into this. Sure. Great question. You know, um, Vic and I have been in business for probably 30 years. And one of the things that we firmly believe in is what do you do with that kind of knowledge? What do you do with that history and kind of the wisdom that comes from starting out and doing the bootstrapping that Chuck was talking about, doing the scaling when, when we had to go through all that and still am. Well, you give it to somebody else and you mm -hmm. help somebody else Absolutely. achieve their dreams and help them achieve their opportunity and realize that you can do this. 
um, I was mentoring with a person just last week. And, and, and it really came down just to confidence. Can I do this? Yes, you can. But you have to have a plan. Mm-hmm. And you have to have it done by process and systemized, not just at happen chance. And I think the more I see in this group, that's where it starts going, well, I got this. What do I do? You need to develop a plan. You need what's the end look like? How's it work in relationship to your personal life? Because those have to be in alignment. And then now let's develop the plan to do what your passion is. Providing that service is probably one of the best things because I know from my own perspective, the scariest thing is when you go from great idea and hobby to um, how do I actually take that next step? I mean, it's it's intimidating. I mean, you have a good idea. It's working. People are paying attention to you. But how do you actually then pivot into from a thing to a business? That's a very intimidating precipice to stand on. Correct. Yeah. There's a lot at stake. And there's a lot of decisions that need to be made and, and in the right order. And, you know, when, when we started uh, really looking at the, the metro, the, the, the greater KC Metro's entrepreneurial uh, ecosystem, so to speak, I mean, we have world-class organizations in uh, yeah. Kaufman, uh, uh, to, to name one, of course. But, I mean, there are other parts of the metro, frankly, that got a little ahead of us in terms of some of the su- support uh, uh, some of the co-working uh, uh, facilities, and we kind of saw this void here in in Eastern Jack, but 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 specifically in Lee Summit. But all of these successful entrepreneurs, resident owners, we have such a successful uh, uh, chamber membership, mm-hmm. and and such a vibrant downtown, and so many eager and willing business owners, and in, in, in that sense, uh, able and willing to share. And back to John's point. Uh, and, and to your question, I mean, everyone who has arrived in business uh, somewhere along the way has had, and, and we can, you can point to it, uh, a particular time, but certainly a person or a few mm-hmm. people who have been their mentor at very critical times. And what we saw through and heard and, and through a lot of uh, uh, instances uh, were that some of our resident entrepreneurs were going elsewhere, elsewhere in the city, and we need to retain those. And make no mistake, what the, the entire uh, purpose of Velocity Lee Summit is for economic growth to, mm-hmm. to retain first to retain what we have here in terms of our talent and grow it locally, uh, but also to, to attract those uh, to our city. Uh, because we are fostering a, a, a vibrant uh, 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 support group for entrepreneurs and startups, and and uh, and we want that word to get out. Well, let me follow up on that. Yep. Right there, Chuck. Because, mm-hmm. well, two questions really. Mm-hmm. One, where are we right now in the broader entrepreneurial ecosystem in the metro area that you talked about, and then where where do you see us sitting? Mm-hmm. Well, where we are right now is is we need some some constructs, some some structure uh, within within our community as to what we are uh, uh, as to what we uh, provide. So uh, again, back to the resource component, we want that to be evident. We want it to be known, uh, and for people in search of 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 those resources, uh, they're they're easy to find. Uh, so relative to other parts of, of, of the metro, back to that uh, part of your question, 
uh, we have some physical space that's out out ahead of us. But mm-hmm. thankfully, where we are, you know, right here today, we're in right. bridge space, and we have this great, uh, you know, high-tech uh, co-working facility. And you can just see with, uh, as evidenced by this space, that uh, when bringing people together of, you know, all different walks and all different professions or, or aspiring to different professions, um, that there is indeed a true synergy when, when, when people collaborate and get together. And, you know, and our, and our, uh, our, our mayor has made it quite uh, evident that, of course, collaboration is top of mind mm-hmm. for him. We believe that. Uh, we want to work closely with the other community partners, too, in the chamber and EDC and downtown as well to really push forth this, uh, this, um, this collaborative notion uh, of economic growth and support of each other. And that's not only within our, our groups, uh, but, but certainly um, uh, inclusive of everyone uh, in the community to, to know what's out there for, uh, you know, to be tapped into. Correct. You know, I think, I think to Chuck's point, too, what, you know, one of the things we do know that two-thirds of all net job growth comes from startups. And they're, they're true net start, startups are creating jobs right here. <clears throat> and so we really see us as that gardener that would be able to foster this. And our, and our mayor and city council have really supported us and kind of see that need as well. And so we are in a very good place with our, com- our community partners in the EDC and chamber and downtown and collaborating for this greater good for the whole city that we're all working in unison. So it's really an exciting, it's actually a very exciting time right now. Well, you, you just talked about the, the percentage that comes from startups mm-hmm. and, and, and you talked about earlier, you mentioned finding those people. So, so how are you spotting those people? How are you, how are you find, how are you finding the weirdos like me yeah. <laughs> who are trying to turn a hobby into something or people who just, they have that idea, but they haven't figured out how to speak up yet. And I think I would think that's a big part of it is helping them find that voice to speak up with their idea. So how do you guys spot them? Well, that is a great question. Um, is it one you haven't answered yet? <laughs> no. When, as you sit there and you think about that, and it goes back to what Chuck said, there is no SIC code for this. Um, there's many of people that have a passion or have a thought and have an idea, and where are they? They're all out here, right? And so we need to put ourselves in a place that um, has a large enough network and has a community that that word gets to spread around. Mm-hmm. And, like, this is the place to go. And entrepreneurs like to hang out with entrepreneurs. I like to hear people that have been successful. And all of a sudden you say, I got an idea. I don't know what to do with it. Now you know where to go. Here's where I need you to go. Here's who you need to go talk to. Go get involved in this group. And then from there, we can take them from there and kind of help them through. Well, talk a little bit. You guys you guys have said this at once, and then I, you've just alluded to it again. But talk a little bit about that mentorship program and that, that aspect of thing that, things that you are going to be providing. Sure. One example of that would actually we have a program coming up uh, next week. It's called Listening to Your Business. It's actually a, a three-hour workshop. And this workshop is um, we have Michelle Markey who's coming in, and she's going to put on this program with Joe Mullins. And, and we're going to be able to take these, these people, and they're one- to two-year businesses or early still stages of business. And they're really at that point of, well, i got to go next. What are, the, what are the transition steps to get to where I want it to be and what it can scale to? And so we'd be able to run them through this program at the end. They'll have a true assessment of where they're at, where their business is at, what the steps are to take it to the next level. And then at the end of that, we're going to match them up with a mentor that helps walk them and holds them accountable Mm -hmm. for that plan and that assessment. 
So it's a very, so now you're really saying, now you're in, now you understand, now it's time to start to go to work. Let's, mm-hmm. let's, let's start growing these things. Let's start helping you through that. It's developing the plan with some strategic points to get you on to the point that you want to be. If I could go back to your question. Sure. You know, I, I, I think first and foremost, we have to be relevant, but be relevant in multiple ways. So, mm-hmm. you know, so many of the entrepreneurs, again, to kind of flush them out, they're, they're working. They may be working uh, in, a, in a corporate job. They may be in between transitioning. They may be retired. Mm-hmm. and looking for a second half of life um, career. They may be students that are looking to launch into um, the business world and, and need need uh, a bridge, so to speak, to, to shoot the valley, to cover the gap. You know, So maybe it's an internship thing. But So we have, as John mentioned, the workshop upcoming, which um, it, it, uh, the facilitator is, 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 is as good as, uh, as, as good as they come. Uh, and Michelle Markey, and but but at the same time, our our events bring the like-minded folks together. Mm-hmm. We even have uh, uh, for fun, but certainly for a lot of productivity as well. Uh, we have pitch pub crawls where we go through downtown. Uh, we do this in uh, we're upcoming in December. December is the next one, right? Mm-hmm. Where we have um, uh, basically a pitch competition where we source. Um, uh, many entrepreneurs, and we'll put them through in rounds at the different establishments, and they'll state their cases to why they should, you know, receive funding and or their product and why it has merit and why it should be monetized and such. And then we have uh, kind of station winners that ultimately at the end of the night at our final destination, we crown a winner, and we in the past have, you know, uh, given some downtown gift cards and such as, as, the, as, the, uh, as the prize, if you will. But the, the point being that that, coupled with our digital presence, you know, certainly um, uh, Facebook, LinkedIn, Twitter, but m- more specifically looking to build out, thanks to the city's f- recent funding, uh, a, a very deep and broad uh, web presence for any entrepreneur who, who is seeking a resource. And, and, and I'll be quick to add that that's a really really tall silo, right? I mean, come to us at any given time, several points of entry um, where, where people have a need in this particular space so that they could come to us at any given time, any any place, again, from I- idea to second round funding, you know, and that's a lot of steps in between, <laughs> um, that we have a place to point them, a person to connect them with, an event that is relevant, uh, and, and certainly peer collaboration that, that matters to connect them to people of, of like mind we'll talk a little bit i guess i guess tell us some of some of the other people and that and resources that you have because it's not just you two you talked about mm-hmm. having resources for all those different levels uh, of need as an entrepreneur so mm-hmm. so what type of of what type of group are we talking here i mean the, who else is making up this mm-hmm. well it's a partnership it's yeah. a it first of all it's a partnership with the community right yeah. the, the more we are visible and, and the more the community is engaged the stronger we become together as far as uh, people and places and facilities uh, uh, bridge has certainly uh, been a, a, a great partner I mean this is their sole focus is bringing together entrepreneurs so we happily it's look an okay space yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> so we happily look forward Pretty to the future there we do a lot of work with uh, with MIC with Missouri Innovation mm-hmm. ca- uh, 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 campus and and, and uh, John had mentioned uh, Joe Mullins out there 
uh, in charge of their workforce uh, development groups. So uh, to put it into perspective, we just recently partnered with them on their new Gigabit Lab. And this is really interesting stuff, and I'm not a techie. I find it fascinating that, you know, I, I, as for these web applications, they require near supersonic um, speed to, to develop them properly. And, and we have a, a, a lack of those resources in, in, in this area. So through the implementation and the build out of this Gigabit Lab, uh, our hope is to uh, essentially, uh, uh, they, they would, they would sit there at the at the lab and they would and then they would come to us uh, to transition into their business and then maybe they would come even here to bridge mm -hmm. uh, and, and, and so we're looking at a spectrum of resources in that sense um, so we're one spoke in the wheel so to speak um, if not the hub of the wheel that serves in a, in a collaborative means to, to, to connect partners um, there's a lot of, uh, of really important uh, uh, horsepower in the engine too that comes from our board and our events committee uh, we have what 12 12 uh, 15 on our board and right. about 10 on our events committee yeah. uh, and our board has has a really good makeup of a mix of the city we we're, we have the um, we have chambers involved on our board has a seat on the board EDC has a seat on the board downtown has a seat on the board. so we're very collaborative in that sense as well that they're bringing all those community partners are all community partners in to doing what we're doing as well as entrepreneurs that mm -hmm. are in the city absolutely so it's a great board to be on because you get a little bit of everything on there to drive this thing mm -hmm. and the events committee is primarily uh, uh all entrepreneurs all they're right? all entrepreneurs yeah yeah, yeah. and it's, it's a lot of fun you hear <laughs> meetings are interesting B buckle up when you when we sit down and talk about that but yeah. but but therein lies the distinction you know there there's that's a, a group of folks who who know that there's an outcome and there's multiple means to get to mm -hmm. it are not necessarily um, uh, corporate in nature where it's all about process and approvals. You know, you see a path to, to find an outcome and, and let's go get it. And so we have very eager participants there um, who, who, are, who are highly engaged. Yeah, the meetings, entrepreneurs like their shiny things. And so they are very exciting. The meetings are very exciting. They're all over the board. And then at the last 10 minutes, we all come to a plan and it works. <laughs> and it's very at the end of the day we know we're going to walk away with yep. the plan and then we go okay i got this i got this we're doing this and here's how it's going to roll yep. and we just go well you mentioned shiny and you mentioned events so let's do a little bit a little bit of uh public relations work here sure. what is your next event coming up the next event is um listening to your business october 3rd right here at bridge space from 5 to 8 30 p.m 5 p.m to 8 30 p.m and it is a workshop that is for those that are into business start just starting or early stages and uh, really want to come away with a strategic plan. And um, I, one of the things I can pass on from my 30 years is uh, once I started really strategic planning out the future is when I actually could drive results. And that's what that's going to come out of this program. I'm really excited about it. It's going to be a mentoring-type workshop program, and they're going to come away with some true takeaways, with some true assessments of where they are with their business and what are the next transition points to get them to the ultimate goal or what, what that looks like. On October 18th, we have uh, a program going to be a panelist, some, some great panelists, and I can't rattle them off my head, but this is going to be about creative ways of raising capital and raising funding. So now these businesses, I have an idea I need to go out and fund. You know, how do I go with it? Is it venture capitalists? Is it, is it banks? Is it 
private funding. And so we're going to hold panelists that's going to help people look at their funding and how do they do the funding mechanisms create creatively and strategically. So that's coming up in October. And then Chuck alluded to our pitch pub crawl, which is just a, um, it's, it's a highlight of an event. Um, it's getting a lot of traction across the city. People know we do these mm -hmm. things. Uh, we have nine different companies that come in and they pitch their ideas. And at the end, uh, we ask them what their needs are. What do you want? What are you looking for? How can we help you? And uh, we walk away with some winners, uh, first, second, third place. It's really a lot of fun. And we get to utilize the whole city. So we utilize the whole downtown on that one. You know, and, and it's interesting, too, because we're, you know, this old nonprofit, if you will. And, and the, the winner may come a, away with a little <laughs> gift card, but which is, which is not the point. What's very interesting at these at these uh, past two pitch pub crawls in particular, that we have folks in the audience who oftentimes uh, come from a, a financial means standpoint mm -hmm. to those pitch participants who have a heavy need, sometimes for money, sometimes for ideas, sometimes for placement, whatever it may be. And there's a lot of connections going on. And, what, and that is what this is about, is bringing people together right. uh, to facilitate economic growth. And it, these conversations and, and these instances we've been involved in, just uh, almost now too many to count, is, is really invigorating. Because that's where you start to see kind of the secret sauce take place, is, is we're starting to, uh, to uh, get to a point of, of, of what our ultimate goal is. And, and by the way, um, you know, back to the point of, of two-thirds of, of all new jobs are created by, by, uh, by startups, uh, make no mistake, too, that from, uh, from the standpoint of, uh, of numbers, about $7,000 per year in tax revenue, a combination of multiple tax uh, uh, sources is, a, is about what a new business can 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 bring in and after a couple of years we're looking at about 2.1 employees after five years that ends up being about on average what uh, the the job growth is per year and we're talking about jobs on average that are considered uh, high high paying mm -hmm. uh, which would be at or at around or above the fifty thousand dollar mark so you know, when we're talking about velocity and, and, and the name, and John made reference to it being no mistake, I mean, I, I'm in the financial business, so, so the velocity of, of money is such that when, when, it is, uh, when you live here, when, when you spend here, when you earn here, and then it's recycled again within our community, as opposed to one of those components being somewhere else, Right there's an incredible momentum built in that, and when that same dollar is earned and spent and taxed and earned and spent and taxed, this is about economic growth, and, mm -hmm. and we're hopeful um, that our efforts can certainly lead to that. I don't think you can say enough. Do local. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That's right. There well, was one more event. If I can slide in there, and I absolutely, can, I, I cannot leave without talking about Global Entrepreneur Week. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Entrepreneur That's November. Week. Yeah, it's in November. <laughs> Uh, I knew there was a month in there. I forgot something. <laughs> um, Global Entrepreneur Week is ran through whole city. Um, it comes out of Casey Sort of Slink. And um, we have four events that we're promoting that, um, that are really excited about. And that's the week of November 12th, 11th or 12th, whatever that yep. week is. Um, but we have an innovation uh, workshop. Uh, how businesses can use innovation. How do you look at your business and, and, and help 
grow innovation within your business. We have another one that's going to be held that's about solo entrepreneurs. It's going to be awesome. Um, just about, I'm, I'm working at home, I'm by myself. How do I keep myself engaged? What's it like to be a solo entrepreneur? Uh, we have another one that's really about environmental and social. How do you take a passion of, of an environmental issue or social issue and turn it into a business? And so we have a whole panel that's going to be doing that. And then we're going to be doing a maker's up here at Dave Eames Place where what's a maker look like? You know, here's a guy that took a passion from a garage to a shop to now he's got a retail. So, so these are great stories, and we're, this is all happening that week, Global Entrepreneur Week. So. Well, a couple of things here before we, before, before we wrap it up. You just mentioned earlier, Chuck, about connections. When did you guys realize that you were creating space for those connections to happen? Because I, I think we all know that it's, it's making that right connection at the right time that really leads us to the next step and the next step. So when did you, get, when did you start to realize you were onto something mm-hmm. and that you were, you were making a place where those connections could happen? take first crack at that no i need to think go ahead <laughs> you got one on your I, i'm well, thinking of all the different connections and kind of the great stories that sure oh yeah there's so many great stories um so i would say you know once we kind of broadened our mindset from the facilities-based approach and what that would look like for for us to carry that and and more toward uh content and programming and bringing uh entrepreneurs together um just just the I mean, every single event we can we can point to a particular connection that made sense. And when you're seeing new faces, um, and some that are again coming even from outside of Lee Summit mm-hmm. to, that are finding our resources here, uh, and and that to me was when I, at least for one, thought, "Wow, this this is pretty interesting." Our event attendance has been growing. And we have certainly a lot of, of, of folks who come back, um, and, and oftentimes they're topic-based. So you know, they may not come to, to uh, some that aren't uh, pertinent to their particular stage of business. But what's great is there's always new folks coming, right. and they're always eager, uh, again, with a need um, and, and looking for direction. And to me, I mean, that's just um, – it goes back to what I was making the point earlier about with having a mentor back in the day when I was growing my businesses. You know that those are such pivotal times; yeah. they're so crucial to success. And if we can, I hate to say the word institutionalize, but I mean, if we, if we can make this a community safety net, if you will, where where folks know that they can find direction and resource, then uh, to me that will anchor. Uh, and, and, and provide our community uh, an identity that shows itself as being progressive to help the entrepreneur. Yeah. I, th- I think for me, when I think I thought, you know, this, is, this, is, um, this has got some meat to it. When I started looking, you got to understand we're all volunteers. When I started looking at the people around the room that volunteer, that, that put the extra time in outside of their, their normal job and in the excitement and the passion they have to grow this community. Because remember, it's a community, it's an ecosystem, it's the journey, it's not the destination. When I see that, and then I see the, the outcome of the young talent that's coming in and their bright eyes and, and the ability to be able to nurture their part and grow their businesses, that's when it's like, okay, this is, this is pretty exciting, this is a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we just live in a great place with Coffin Foundation and what we see how community-led organizations really are the driver. They're really the driver for startups. 
and, and, and you know, that's where we started looking at those numbers. We said, that's who we are. Mm-hmm. That's what we do. We're a community-led organization to drive startups and entrepreneurs. Mm-hmm. That's what we do. There's some pretty profound numbers in, in, the, in, what, in the statistics he's, he's referring to. A, a recent report out of Kaufman that did a very in-depth study of uh, the KC Metro and St. Louis Metro uh, entrepreneurial activities over the last few years. And I, it was just so asymmetrical that the community-led resources are the ones that are, you know, the serving as couriers to these entrepreneurs mm-hmm. to help them along the way. And not to, to, to say at the expense or instead of, you know, other educational institutions or whatnot, it has nothing to do with that. It has to do with um, being there at, at these different stages to direct and connect. Um, I might also mention, too, that, um, you know, ultimately – you know, be, we, we, you know, talking about economic growth, uh, our plans for next year get uh, pretty grand. We're hoping for some big things. Yeah. You know, uh, to be clear, we are not uh, solely funded by the city. We are actively looking for uh, grants and uh, presuming and, and, and hoping that those come in as, as, as we would like to see, of course. Then those monies can be deployed uh, here locally, and one of the ways to do that uh, that we haven't talked about yet would be uh, through some uh, basically some grants competitions, where part of the stipulation to a, to a monetary award would be that we that that business root and and seed itself here locally, and again going back to the numbers I mentioned earlier about kind of that snowball effect on job creation and what mm-hmm. that means uh, from an earning standpoint and a tax standpoint. Um, that that's that's job growth right there well guys one last thing if people want to get involved if they want to take advantage or they want to provide resources how can people connect with velocity a couple of ways you get hooked up with velocity we do have a website it's velocityleasesummit.org and then we also on facebook uh, velocity ls so those are probably the two easiest ways to mm-hmm. to reach out but uh, velocityleasesummit.org mm-hmm. john chuck thanks Thank thanks you. for your time We always talk to people about shopping local, the importance of shopping local. Here's one great reason about shopping local is that you know the people you're doing business with. They're your friends, they're your neighbors, they're people you go to church with, people you hang out with. There's no better example of that than today's sponsor, Budget Blinds. Not only are they great people in the community, but they also are great at their business. So when you need blinds or shades for your windows, interior decorating, they've got bedding, they've got headboards, all sorts of stuff. And the coolest thing, we always talk about this one, they even have some blinds that you can control with apps on your phone or with your voice to the Alexa or the Google. They are super cool. That is cool. Hey, check them out right in the heart of our city in downtown Lee Summit. Bunch of blinds of Lee Summit. 239 Southeast Main Street. You have been listening to Lee Summit Town Hall with hosts Jason Norberry and Nick Parker. Catch us every Wednesday at linktoleesummit.com or subscribe to Lee Summit Town Hall on iTunes, Google Play, or your favorite podcast app.